Thank you for joining us today. At ResLife, our mission is to develop committed followers of Jesus Christ to reach the world. Our content is created to equip and empower you in God's purpose. We hope you enjoy this message. But today, I want to talk to you about the power of thanksgiving. Uh, whether we, reali- we probably don't realize how unthankful we are as a, as a people group. Um, but 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So God's will for you is that you be a grateful, that you be a thankful person. Not just when things are good, but in everything. No matter how bad things may be, there's always things that you can be thankful for. Now, it doesn't say be thankful for everything. How many of you realize some things don't come from God? You don't need to be thankful for that. Uh, when I was first saved, there was a very popular book that said, hey, if you get cancer, thank God for cancer. Well, God didn't give it to you, so don't thank him for it. But you can thank him in the midst of it, no matter what our situation is. Colossians 2 and 7 says, rooted and built up in him and established in faith. As I was reading this verse a couple of weeks ago, I thought, you know, we do, I think we do a good job of establishing our people in faith. And it goes on and says, as you've been taught, abounding in it faith with thanksgiving. And I thought, you know what? We don't do a very good job on that thanksgiving part. So here we go. All right. We're going to talk about thanksgiving this morning. Psalms 100 and verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Now, if you were to go and see the Queen of England, before you went in to see her, they would sit down and they would tell you what protocol was. They would say, do not approach the queen and do not touch the queen. And you can say this, but you cannot ask questions and you cannot do this and you cannot do that. They would say, this is the protocol. Well, there is protocol for coming into God's presence. He's not the queen of England. He's the king of the universe. And it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise and be thankful to him and bless his name. But when, you know, when we're thankful, it's literally like we're checking pride at the door because you can't be thankful and be prideful at the same time. In fact, verse three says this, know that the Lord, he is God. It is he that made us, not we ourselves. We are his people, the sheep of his pastor. Now notice it says, it's he that made us and not we ourselves. Now this is talking about two aspects, I believe. First of all, God is the creator. He made us. But beyond that, the gifts, the talents, the abilities, the acumen that you have in certain areas is a gift from God. And we tend to think of ourselves as being a self-made man, self-made woman, self-actualized. But the Bible tells us the gifts and the talents that you have are gifts and talents that God placed on the inside of you. Right? So, so we shouldn't be thinking about, well, I did this and I did that. And I'm great at this and I'm great at that. It's because God has placed a gift on the inside of us. Now, we're going to be celebrating later this month Thanksgiving, right? Not thanks feeling. 
Because so often what we do, well, I feel this and I feel that. And we let our feelings direct our life. But Jesus said, do not let your heart be troubled. In other words, don't let your heart dictate how you live. Right? Don't let your feelings. Now, we live in a society, well, that's what I feel. Well, feelings come and feelings go. Feelings change. Any married man knows that. <laughs> but it's just true. I mean, you know, you can feel one way in the morning, some way out, another way in the afternoon. Feelings come and feelings go. See, but it's not thanks feeling, it is thanksgiving. In fact, Hebrews 13 says this, therefore, by him, Jesus, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise. Now, it's the sacrifice of praise when you don't feel like it. When you feel like it, it's not a sacrifice. It's easy when you feel like it. But when you don't feel like it, and because we are such an ungrateful society, and, and, and not just us, I mean, I, I believe humanity is a whole. When Jesus heals 10 lepers, how many even say thank you? Only one says thank you. It's just not natural for a person to be thankful. It's something that we have to cultivate. Habakkuk said this. He said, though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vine, and though the labor of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stall, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He makes my feet like a deer's feet tomorrow, especially. Come on, men. Opening day for those of you who don't know. It's a holiday. All right. And he makes my feet walk on the high places. He said, though, the, the, there may be a lot of things that aren't going right, but there's always things that you and I can be thankful for. Now, George Washington, President George Washington, our first president, declared a national day of Thanksgiving explicitly devoted to giving thanks to God. Although it didn't become a, a regular annual thing until Abraham Lincoln. And he said this, he wrote, he said, I do hereby invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States and also those who are at sea and those who sojourn in foreign lands to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November next as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our Father who dwells in heaven. Well, I, I praise God for a president like that. But he had a day of thanksgiving. But listen, if you're a Christian, every day should be Thanksgiving Day. Not just once a year, but every day. You know, research shows that grateful people, they feel healthier, they have fewer aches and pains, but spiritually, there are so many things that happen when we're thankful. Right? Uh, you say, yeah, but I don't feel good. Yeah, it's not because you feel good. It's because he's good. Right? It's because he's good that we need to be thankful. In Deuteronomy 8 and 18, it says, for you shall remember the Lord your God. And it's talking about all the things that have happened, how God has blessed them. And he said, here's the danger that you say in your heart, my power, my ability, my giftedness, my work. I'm the one who got all this. But the Bible says, no, you shall remember the Lord your God. For it is he who gives you the power, the ability, the giftedness, the connection, the acumen to get 
wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he's sworn to your fathers, even as it is this day. So we need to be a thankful people. The worst moment, I believe, in any atheist's life is when they're really thankful and there's nobody to thank. In Ecclesiastes 4 and 4, I was reading this this morning. It says, and I saw for all the toil in every skillful work, a man is envied by his neighbor. This also is vanity and grasping for the wind. He says, so often what we do is we look at somebody else and how blessed they are and what they have, and we envy. But there should be no such thing as Christian envy because we are to rejoice with those who rejoice. When somebody else gets blessed, when somebody else gets a new car or a new dress or a promotion or whatever it is, we are supposed to rejoice. Not envy, but, but Solomon said, I look and everybody's full of envy. James chapter three says this, for where there's envy and self-seeking, there is confusion and every evil thing, every evil thing are there. How many evil things? Every evil thing as it comes when we're full of envy. Let me just say this, entitlement destroys a thankful heart. Entitlement destroys a thankful heart. When we've got that, well, they got it and I should have it. Why do they have it? And I don't have it. And I deserve this. And I deserve that. That destroys a thankful heart. In second Corinthians 10 verse 12, it says, for we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves for they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. Did you catch that? So here's what it's saying. It says, don't look at what somebody else has. Don't look at what's going on in their life. Because here's what happens. You lose no matter what you do, right? If I look at somebody else and I look at my strength and compare it to their weakness, I get proud. I lose. If I take my weakness and compare it to their strength, I get depressed. Right? So, the Bible says, don't compare yourselves with other people, right? Because God made every person unique. Every one of us has special gifts and talents and strengths that God has placed in our life, right? Now, um, when John, the, the, the John, the apostle is, is finishing his gospel, I, I think he kind of, he deals with this, this, this issue. Now, Peter has denied the Lord. And Jesus comes back and, and restores Peter and says to Peter, Peter, when you're old, they're going to take you where you don't want to go. He's saying, Peter, the day's coming when you are going to be martyred for your faith. And Jesus tells Peter this. And then Peter looks around and he goes, there's John. Now, you, you, if you read the Gospels very closely, you, 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 you come to understand that there's this competition, this comparison that's going on between John and Peter. When Jesus arose from the dead, the disciples come back and, and they say, Jesus arose. Peter and John take off. They're running to the tomb. And, and this is what John says. He says, and I outran Peter. He's like, I beat. I'm better. I'm faster. I got it together. Peter, he's kind of out of shape. 
30 pounds overweight, you know. But look at me. I got it going on. So Peter looks at Jesus just told Peter what's going to happen. And he says, so Peter says, well, what about him? And Jesus said, none of your business. Now, literally, Jesus said, none of your business. You follow me. You follow me. Whenever we compare, we lose. Because God's will for you, God's gifts for you are different than they are for somebody else. Now, over in Romans chapter 1, a lack of thanksgiving produces, listen, a mind at enmity with God. A lack of thanksgiving produces a mind at enmity with God. Romans 1 verse 20. For since the creation of the world, his God's invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. He's simply saying, if you look at the universe, you can see the greatness of God. If you look at a rainbow, you look at a child being born, you look at a flower, you look at a waterfall, you can see the greatness of God. This didn't, this is not an accident. You know, it'd be as crazy to think this world's an accident. And I don't know. I think there's about 800 parts in this watch. If we were to take them all apart and then I threw them out there, it would be more likely that this watch would all come together and tell time the exact time, then that this universe came together by accident. It didn't happen by accident. And the Bible is just saying, look, the, the universe itself, the world, it shows that God exists and that he's powerful. Verse 21, because although they knew God, they did not glorify or honor him as God, nor were thankful and became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. You see, without thankfulness, we stray. We no longer understand our purpose. We no longer understand morality. Unthankful people get really messed up when it comes to morality. They've got, now they've got multiple people marrying each other, and they've got men marrying men and women marrying women. Look, you've got to be pretty messed up. I'm just telling you. And one of the reasons we get messed up, the Bible says you become futile in your thoughts. Literally crazy, foolish, kooky, nutty, silly, wacky, deranged, demented, schizo, loose screws, out of your mind, fruitcake, moonstruck, out to lunch, screw loose, mental. Hello. When, when you are not the little thing of thankfulness keeps us connected to God. That little thing of thankfulness. Then it goes on and it says, professing to be wise, they become fools. And they change the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man, of birds, four-footed beasts, animals, and creeping things. Let me just say it this way. When you're not thankful, you get to the point where you believe that your cat can help you as much as God does. You just, you just don't see God as involved in your life. Therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lusts of their heart to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worship and serve the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions, unclean passions. 
that even their women exchange the natural use for that which is against nature. And likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burn in their lust for one another. Now, it's talking about how our minds go crazy, right, when we're not thankful. Now, somebody says, does it mean I'm going to become a sexual pervert? Hey, if you look down there, there's a list of like 25 things. There's just a list of different things that happen when we are not thankful. Listen, unthankful people do not have dominion over their souls. I'll say that again. Unthankful people do not have dominion over their souls. Thankfulness connects you to God. It is a small thing, but it has tremendous, tremendous benefits and tremendous effect. The psalmist said in Psalms 142, no one cares for my soul. No one cares for my soul. Uh, Do do you realize thankfulness is caring for your soul? And and nobody else can really care for your soul the way that you can care for your soul. And thankfulness is one of the things that we need to do. It's in uh, Psalms 142. It said, I cried out to you, O Lord, and I said, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. You know, unthankful people tend to just think, well, God, you know, someday up in heaven. But the Bible says he's your portion in the land of the living. David in Psalms 23 said, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thanksgiving and praise, they're connected. Praise is the expression of a thankful heart. Praise is the expression of a thankful heart. And thankfulness causes us, literally, to become subject to the will of God. Joy is not getting what you want, but it's being thankful for what you have. All right? Sir John Templeton said this, if you've got a billion dollars and you're ungrateful, you're a poor man. And if you have very little and you are grateful, you are truly rich. And again, entitlement, that entitlement attitude uproots a thankful heart. To enjoy something without a blessing, without thankfulness, according to the Talmud. Now, that's the central text for rabbinical Judaism. It's as if you stole it. So if you have a blessing, but you haven't been thankful for that blessing, they said, it's as if you stole it. So I just wanted to ask today, how many of you have been shoplifting? You've got blessings that you are not thankful for. It's as if you stole them. In 2 Corinthians 8, in verse 12, it says this. For if there's first a willing mind. Now, now, by the way, 2 Corinthians 8 is talking about money, and it's particularly talking about being thankful and giving an offering to God. It says, for if there's first a willing mind, it's accepted according to what one has, and not according to what one does not have. Now, I, I'm, I read that for 25 years, and I always kind of went, I don't get it. What in the world does this mean? So I'm going to tell you what it means. I'm going to tell you what happened. This week, I think it was Friday. Right? I, I was thinking about next year and uh, our finances for next year, personally, with, with Jeannie and I. Right? And... Uh, you know, we, we have a family farm in about an hour and a half from here, and, and I want to build a pool barn at the farm. So I was thinking about that and how much the pool barn is going to cost. And I thought, well, you know, I was going to give X amount of money in the special 
Heart for the Kingdom offering next month. Right? I'm going to give this, this, this X amount of money. And I'm thinking about the pole barn. And I think, well, if I give the X amount of money, there goes the pole barn. And I thought, well, I could just not give X. I could give Y. And then I'd have money for the pole barn. Right? And this verse came to my mind. How many of you know sometimes the Holy Ghost just messes with you? He said, if there's first a willing mind, it's accepted according to what one has and not according to what one does not have. So here's what I'm getting ready to do. God has blessed us. Jeannie and I, we are blessed. But I'm getting ready to penalize God and not give him an offering of thanksgiving because I don't have a pole barn. Do you get it? So it was like the Holy Ghost was slapping me. And I said, okay, pole barns can wait. Right? Because I'm not going to not bless God and be thankful because of what I don't have when there's so many things that I do have. And the verse says, don't penalize God because you don't have something. How many of you realize there's always going to be something you don't have? Always going to be something that you don't have. Right? And the Bible says, don't penalize God because of what you don't have. Be thankful for what you do have. Right? And it says it's acceptable to God. Right? When we bring something and we an offering of thanksgiving in our hearts to God, it's acceptable if we don't penalize God for what we don't have. Whew. So I got slapped this week. Anybody else ever get slapped? You know, it does say in Corinthians, it says, these things are written for your admonition on whom the ends of the world have come. The word admonition means slap your face. So, so, so the Bible is written to slap you. And I want you to know I got a good slap in this week. All right. So that entitlement attitude, it uproots a thankful heart. And if you want to get God's attention, open your heart to thankfulness and begin to be thankful for what he's done and begin to watch what God does because thankfulness opens up the spiritual realm of blessing. Say it again. Thankfulness opens the spiritual realm of blessing. Jesus has, has a multitude of people. There's 4,000 men plus women and children. And they bring him a little boy's lunch. And the Bible says Jesus took the lunch and he gave thanks. And he broke it. And he fed 4,000 people plus women and children. And then there's 12 baskets full left over. One for every unbelieving disciple going, I can't believe he did that. Yeah. What opened the door? Thankfulness. All right. And, and if you don't think, I don't know what I can be thankful for, well, then be thankful for what you don't have that you don't want to have. Right? So you, you, there is always something to be thankfulness, thankful for. Thankfulness to God is soil in which pride cannot grow. A proud man is seldom a grateful man, for he thinks he deserves everything he gets and more. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 2. In the Renner expanded translation, I was texting Rick this morning. Uh, here's how it goes. Although they were once thankful and appreciative, 
people will become void of gratitude and generally unappreciative of everything in the last times. As a result, impurity will seep into society. Now, when we're not thankful, what comes into society? Sexual impurity comes into society. And it, and cause it to become unholy, impure, ill-mannered, unclean, indecent, coarse, vulgar, offensive, crude, lewd, rude, behaving and carrying on in a way that God would never sanction. Look what it says in Proverbs, that a thankful heart has a continual feast. You know, when you're thankful, every day is a great day. Every day is a great day when we're thankful. Now, because of time, I'm going to kind of jump ahead here. Ezra has come back to the city of Jerusalem where the temple has been destroyed, and he's there to rebuild the temple. So the Bible says that they lay the foundation of the temple. Uh, if you've ever seen a house being built or, or a, a building in the downtown area, you know, first they put the foundation down, right? But the foundation is not even 10%, right? But they put down the, the foundation. It says, and they sang responsibly, praising and giving thanks to the Lord. For they said, he is good. His mercy endures forever towards Israel. Then all the people shouted with a great shout. And they praised the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. Now, they began to be thankful when the foundation was laid. So what that means to me when I was thinking about this, it means I need to be thankful when there's just less pain. Not when I'm 100% there, but when I'm 10% there. Right? I need to be thankful when I get a little bit more out of debt. I need to be thankful, not just when the wayward child comes home and repents, but when I get a phone call. When just anything begins to happen, we need to be thankful. We don't wait until we have to have the full manifestation. We need to be thankful when God begins to move in our life. And right now, I want everybody to lift your hands. Think of something that God's begun to do in your life and just say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for healing. Thank you, Lord, for provision. Thank you, Lord. The loved one is coming home. Begin to thank God. Not when you see everything, but when you just begin to see God move on your behalf. Remember this. Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are lovely, Whatsoever things of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate, think on these things. I was thinking about that good report. Yesterday, Jeannie and I were, were reading some sermons by Dr. Uh, Dr. Alexander Dowie. Now, doc, these sermons were 120 years old. Right? And it was talking, he, the, the title of the one sermon, get this, was Who Controls the Newspaper, God or the Devil? 120 years ago. Huh? Who controls the newspaper? And it's talking about a good report or a bad report. And what's being promoted? Huh? Well, we need to find the things that are true, that are noble, that are just, that are lovely, that are a good report, any virtue, anything praiseworthy. 
Meditate. Think on these things. If, if, if you are listening to, to mainstream media, is it any wonder you're depressed? Is it any wonder you're fearful? Isaiah chapter 61. Jesus quotes this in the New Testament because it's written about him. And says that he's come, he's been sent to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives, the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, to console those who mourn in Zion, to console those uh, or, or to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. So Jesus' purpose is for us to be able to put on the garment of praise or thanksgiving instead of the garment of heaviness. Now, heaviness is an old English word that means depression. Right? Psychologists tell us that in America, United States right now, one third of us are depressed at any time. Some degree of depression. Now, Jesus came so that you could put on a garment of praise, the thanksgiving in your heart can begin to come out. And notice what he says, for or in exchange for a spirit of depression. Now listen, depression in its fullness, it's motivated by an evil spirit in its fullness. But the Bible tells us we can get rid of it. And the way that to get rid of it is to put on a garment of praise and thanksgiving. Because here's the truth. You cannot be sitting there going, God, I just thank you for my spouse. I thank you for my kids. I thank you for health. I thank you for my job. I thank you for our house. I thank you we have food. I thank you I'm redeemed. I thank you I'm forgiven. I thank you I'm washing the blood. I thank you I'm sanctified. I thank you I'm your child. I thank you I'm on my way to heaven. You see, you begin to thank God. And you cannot be depressed and be thankful at the same time. You can't do it. You can't do it. But now listen again. Thankfulness is not the normal condition of the human heart. We've got to cultivate thankfulness. Jesus heals 10 lepers. One even comes back and just says, thank you. So I want to encourage you to be thankful. And here's what I would like you to do. I'd like you to make a list. Make a list. If you have to, put things you're thankful that are not in your life. But make a list of at least 20 things, and 50 would be great. And then every day for 10 days, read your list. In fact, every day until Thanksgiving Day. Just be thankful. Be thankful. And this is what David said will happen. Psalm 69, verse 30. He said, I will magnify the Lord with thanksgiving. Now, if I take a magnifying glass and look at a fly, I don't make the fly any bigger. But yet I can see so much more the details, right? It becomes bigger to me. It's not really bigger, but it becomes bigger to me, right? Now, when we are thankful to God, that is exactly what happens, right? We begin to see God moving in our life. We begin to see the love of God. We begin to see the power of God. We begin to see all the things that God has done. 
And if he has done something, he's going to do it again because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And David said, you be thankful and it will magnify the Lord. Right? Unthankful people, they look at God and they think, you know, God can't really help me. But thankful people realize that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That he loves you that he redeemed you, that he cares about what's happening in your life, and he wants to move in our life. And when we're thankful, we begin to see who God really is and what God wants to do in our life. And it literally ignites faith in our hearts to receive from God. I will magnify the Lord with thanksgiving. I'm making my list, and I'm going to be thankful I'm going to read my list every day, and I want to encourage you to do the same thing and watch what happens on the inside of you and how God begins to move on your behalf. Say, so would you please bow your heads for just a moment? And whether you're, you're, you're online or you're here physically, if you're able to take hands with somebody that's near you, would you please do that? Jesus said the thief, that's the devil, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy why anyone would serve him one more day, I do not know. And then Jesus said, but I've come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. Here's what I, uh, 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 I see happen. So many people, they listen to the lies of the devil, the one who comes to steal, to kill and destroy. They lie that God has rejected you. The lie that God is mad at you the lie that you've gone too far, that you've done too much, that you can't be forgiven, that you can't live for God. Every one of them is a lie of the devil. And we need to reject the devil's lies because God loves you. He proved that love by sending Jesus and he wants to invade your life. He wants to rescue you. You see, in the very first sermon that was ever preached, this is how it ends. He says, be saved from this perverse generation. God wants to save you from this culture, from this world, from sin, from vice. He, he wants to give you purpose for your life. And if you're away from God, you're not right with God. Here's the truth. Today, if you will give Jesus your heart and your life, if you will follow Jesus, if you'll obey him, if you will live for him, he will come into your heart and make you new on the inside. Every sin will be gone. He'll make you a part of his kingdom, a part of his family. So it's, I'm going to ask everybody to pray this prayer out loud. If you're online, pray this prayer out loud. And again, if you can have somebody's hand, take that hand. I want you to pray this out loud. Just say, oh God, I believe that Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins. And I believe he rose again. Having defeated the devil, having defeated sin, having defeated death, Jesus arose victorious. And I give him all of my heart and all of my life. I turn my back on my old life. 
I'm not living for myself any longer. Jesus is my king. And I will live for him every day. And I thank you. You've heard my prayer. That I'm forgiven. My past is gone. And I'm a part of your kingdom. Today and forever. In Jesus' name. Amen. We hope what you heard today has been encouraging and given you new insight into the Word of God. We upload weekly, so join us again next time. Be blessed and enjoy your week.